Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. closed yesterday's program by saying the word of God works and we've been looking at the spiritual principles that Jesus was laying out in the Sermon on the Mount not to worry, not to judge others, to treat others as you would like them to treat you. We're in uh, chapter 7 of Matthew's Gospel. It would be very easy if everybody believed what Jesus said (laughs) and Unfortunately, there are so many churches that have replaced the Word of God with all kinds of methodology, with other kinds of forms and belief systems. And that's pretty rife in the church today. I really believe that God wants to move in such a way as to bring people back to faith in God's Word. And uh, here in verse 13 of chapter 7 is something that all Christians really need to hear. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Now, The gate is Jesus. He said, I am the gate for the sheep. There is no other way into the sheepfold except through the gate. So no one comes to the Father except through me, says Jesus. Now that is, especially among evangelical believers, that is readily understood. There is no salvation apart from Jesus. It is by faith in him and what he has done for us on the cross that we can receive salvation. But of course, that initial response to the gospel is only going through the gate. You then have to walk on the way because Jesus is also the way. He's not just the gate, he is the way. Now the gate is narrow, small, but so is the way. It's not that there's a narrow gate to a broad way, but there's a narrow gate to a narrow way. And the narrow way is the way of God's word. And how many Christians are walking on that way? Because Jesus is the word, Jesus is the way. So we have to line up every aspect of our lives with the Word of God, not in a legalistic way, because His Word is spirit and life. And where there's faith in the Word, that's because the Spirit is operating, and where that is the case, then there is freedom. So what many people don't appreciate is that the only place where there is true freedom is on the narrow way. And you see, the devil's lie is you are free to live in whatever way you choose. That's the broad path that leads to destruction. So what's the point of going through the narrow gate and then trying to walk on the broad way? 
where you're living your life for yourself, doing what you want, not lining yourself up with God's word, but choosing to believe whatever you like and to do whatever you like. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. The word of God is the word of truth. So the Holy Spirit, Jesus says, will remind us of everything that he has said. The Holy Spirit will keep us on the narrow way. Jesus said that only a few find it. There, do you therefore think that a lot of Christians are being deluded? Oh, I think many are deceived. Because the devil is the deceiver of the brethren. That's quite a sobering verse, isn't and, it? Uh, oh, it is. And, and I think, uh, you know, you, you look at the disobedience in the lives of Christians... And many of them are not concerned about it. You see the compromise, they don't even realize they are compromising. You see so many non-biblical practices going on in churches, let alone in, in, in uh, believers' lives personally. And people make all kinds of, of excuses for why those things are permitted or allowed or, or even encouraged. And really that's horrendous because it shows that there's no real appreciation of the authority of God's word over our lives. And therefore, there's no real submission to the authority of Jesus Christ because you can't be submitted to the authority of Jesus without being submitted to the authority of what he says and without being submitted to the authority of his spirit to lead you. And the Holy Spirit will always lead you on the narrow way. And what we have to understand, um, especially from Isaiah 35, that talks about the way, the highway of holiness, is that those who are not the Lord's redeemed cannot walk on that way. People of other faiths can't walk on that way. People of no faith can't walk on that way. Sinners can't walk on that way. But the good thing is the devil can't get up on that way, nor can any demonic forces. They can sort of snipe at you from <laughs> As you're going through the gate. But they can't actually get up on that way. They can't walk on that way. And that's why it is a highway of holiness, of righteousness, if we keep in the word of God, keep in that place of faith, keep in that place of submission, then the attempts of the enemy to get us off the narrow way will be frustrated. You see, what is this Sermon on the Mount? It's a sermon about the narrow way. It's as simple as that. On the narrow way, you don't judge. You don't condemn others. On the narrow way, you forgive. On the narrow way, you're merciful. On the narrow way, you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. On the narrow way, you don't worry, but you rejoice, you praise God, you give thanks in all circumstances. Now, okay, nobody does all that perfectly, but you see, once you step outside of God's purpose, if your intent is to really glorify God by walking on that narrow way, you are immediately conscious that you've taken a wrong step, and so immediately you repent of that. You ask for God's forgiveness and you get immediately restored and you keep walking with him on that narrow way. But you do hear of Christians who fall off, as it. And then they need to be restored. And of course, when they depart from the narrow way, then they make themselves vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy and to all kinds of, uh, of oppression and, 
and um, they always regret it afterwards, don't they? they? If only I hadn't done that, they said. How, you know, those wasted weeks, months, or tragically in some cases even years, uh, those years of backsliding. Is that why Jesus goes on to talk about false prophets? Watch out for false prophets, he says. Oh, yes, there's many false prophets around. And the false prophets are those who say what they want to say, but they preface it with remarks like, the Lord says, when it's not the Lord at all. Uh, and many people are their own false prophet. They're listening to their own desires rather than listening to the voice of the Spirit. And how do we know whether it's the voice of the Spirit? Because we check it out with the Word of God. Because the Holy Spirit will never say anything that is in any way discordant with the Word of God. So watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing. They appear to be so right, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. When somebody comes along and claims to be a prophet, don't listen to what they say until you've had a look at their life and seen what they produce. And the kind of people that go wandering around from church to church saying, I've got a word from the Lord for you, they should never be allowed to speak unless they are people that are in real submission to a church and have a recognized prophetic ministry. But that means that not just that it's recognized in their own eyes, but it's recognized by others, and they really are under the authority of, of, of uh, if they're prophets, they will be under apostolic authority. Do you think that uh, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of false prophets around at the moment then? Oh, yes. There's an awful lot of false prophecy, an awful lot of deception. I would say the biggest problem that is facing the Church of Jesus Christ today is a lack of spiritual discernment. There is very little, well, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is discerning of spirits, isn't it? Discerning what is false. And you see, if you have the Holy Spirit, somebody can come along and say something that appears to be right because they come as wolves in sheep's clothing, Jesus says. So it appears to be right, but the witness of the Spirit within you says, that's not right. That's not right. And yet when it, when it is something that is from God, then the spirit within you sort of rises up to affirm. We, we had in the church here prophetic ministry uh, visiting us last week, and there was a great affirmation because everything that they were saying was coming out of the word of God. It was the word of God, the word of God, the word of God. And not a sense of judgment. Prophecy in the New Testament is given for edification and encouragement, not for judgment. And it's not just what a person says, but the spirit with which they say it that determines the nature of their hearts and whether they're really speaking from God or not. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 